Chapter Twenty One of The Lost King of Oz by Ruth Plummy Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty One The Grand Procession. The next day there was a grand procession through the streets of the Emerald City in honor of the long lost King of Oz. The elegant elephant led off, the king and humpy dressed exactly alike, riding proudly on his back. Next rode Ozma upon the famous sawhorse. Then came the cowardly lion carrying Dorothy and Snip. Then the hungry tiger with Betsy and Trot. Pajuka, astride the comfortable camel, was a sight worth seeing, for the huge prime minister was splendidly costumed. Beside this he had a pipe in each hand, taking first a puff from one and then a puff from the other, so that he was almost hidden in clouds of smoke. Sir Hocus, upon the doubtful dromedary, bowed politely to his many friends and acquaintances. Scraps and the Scarecrow followed the knight, and after them marched Tick-Tock, the soldier with the green whiskers, and all the other famous folk from the palace, down to the smallest page. Slowly and majestically they circled the city, returning tired out but well satisfied to the cool and fragrant gardens of the palace. Now sighed Ozma, sliding down from the sawhorse. There's nothing left to do but punish Mombi. What shall we do with Mombi? Turn her to a cookie, and then I can eat her up without my conscience troubling me, purred the hungry tiger, thumping his tail lazily up and down in the grass. She'd make an awfully stale cookie, sniffed Scraps, swinging herself expertly up into a tree. Turn her into a rock and throw her away. Why not put her out like I did the other witches? asked Dorothy, fanning herself with her best crown, which she had worn in honor of the occasion. Water will finish her once and forever. I believe I will, mused Ozma. That is, if father thinks it is all right. The king, with a huge pair of gold specks on his nose, was busy measuring Snip for a suit, and nodded absently at his royal daughter. "'Anything you say, my dear,' said the royal tailor, writing down the measurements in a little book. So off ran Sir Hocus and the Scarecrow to carry out the sentence, returning in a few minutes with Mombi's buckled shoes, all that remained of the old Gillikin witch and her temper. She had been washed out with water and would never bother anyone in Oz again. Just as the royal party was trooping into the palace for lunch, a page rushed out to announce a visitor. It was General Whiffenpuff, and a loud noise, whom he introduced as the invisible cook. Traveling night and day, and searching everywhere for Mombi and Snip, he had finally reached the Emerald City and found the famous cook recommended by the town laugher of Kimbaloo. His delight at seeing the little button boy safe and sound was only exceeded by his astonishment at Snip's marvelous adventures. But as the cook, for all her invisibility, had a bad habit of treading on the general's toes, he was anxious to return to Kimbaloo and turn her over to Kinda Jolly. "'I'll take you back,' volunteered Kabumpo carelessly. "'It's on my way home, anyhow.' The elegant elephant was also anxious to be off and acquaint the court of Pumperdake with the important events that had transpired. 
He wished to display the emerald headpiece Ozma had given him, and dazzle the courtiers with the silver robe bestowed upon him by the kingly tailor of Oz. So, after a quick luncheon, a quick exchange of goodbyes and good wishes, the pompous old elephant took his departure, carrying on his back brave General Whiffenpuff, the invisible cook, and the gallant little button-boy of Kimbaloo. "'Hurry back!' called the king, waving his silver shears anxiously at Snip. "'I need you!' "'Hurry back!' called Pajuka, blinking his eyes to keep from crying. "'I'll miss you!' "'I will!' promised Snip, nearly crying himself. "'I will!' The last thing the little button-boy saw was the Prime Minister diving, fully dressed, into the pond. Pachuca had again forgotten he was no longer a goose. If you could peek into the Emerald City this very minute, you would see that a splendid tailoring shop has been set up next to the palace, a splendid shop where the retired king and Snip work happily for part of the day and hold court for the rest. And whenever you find the royal tailor, you're pretty sure to see his cheerful devil. End of chapter 21 End of The Lost King of Oz by Ruth Plumley Thompson This book performed by Phil Chenevere August 2021